0: Social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. a problem with your heating system, call RE Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is re residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 percent service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now, it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401 401- 732-6562 look for them on facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com it's john petro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at our website com. it is monday first i want to start off this is not a sports show but if you missed it this past weekend that is the best weekend of football that i've ever seen nfl is just amazing however I agree they do need to change this overtime rule. The Bills should have had a chance to touch that ball in overtime. What an incredible football game. As I have said in the past, football is the only sport that matters. They proved it this weekend. The uh the final four of the of the different of the AFC and the NFC. That was um really really just uh, uh, amazing to watch. And you saw especially that Sunday night game of Kansas City-Buffalo. Those are elite quarterbacks. That The only thing that was missing was the NFL has to adjust that overtime rule that both teams, they the Bills and Josh Allen deserve the chance to get the ball. If they were stopped, if the Chiefs stopped them, if the Bills got a touchdown, then it goes back to the Chiefs. That's my only criticism. But what a phenomenal weekend in football, folks. It is another... It's the last final week of January, the longest month ever. And there's a lot going on in the world. Will President Biden send 5,000 troops to counter the Russians in Ukraine? That certainly could up our level and uh, would put us right in the directly part of this growing concern in in conflict. And then you also have <clears throat> Black Lives Matter, as many of you know, Black Lives Matter they have been uh, running a full-scale campaign for several years. it really heated up, though, in May of 2020 with the death of George Floyd. And it has been an anti-police message. It has been a message that uh, irresponsibly, the police just look to kill people of color. I have attended. I have attended rallies of Black Lives Matter, where they talk about killing police. Uh, and it's finally, it's taken a while but it's finally coming into fruition new york city police officer killed on friday night two shot one killed and then a police officer in houston killed last night the anti-police message of black lives matter that was embraced by the democrat party embraced by local local notables like dr nicole alexander scott and others that message of the progressives of Black Lives Matter that is anti-police. I don't care what any of them say. I've been there. I've seen their message is that the police need to be stopped. It's the defund the police. The police are just killers. The anti-police message is taking hold and no one will tell me or convince me that the Black Lives Matter. It is the message. It's not one of peace. Think of how much they've had it in schools. You go to vote and there it is. The people that have put this up on there you know lawn signs and so forth it is an anti-police message period no one will convince me otherwise oh no it means a lot of different things no it doesn't no it just means diversity no it doesn't it's not what it means and it's taking hold now there's a lot of movement with local politics because of this congressman jim langevin announcement that he's not going to be seeking re-election that also should tell you and it tells me that the Republicans are poised now, they will retake the House. And Langevin, he just doesn't want to be on the the back of the bench. He knows what that's like. He doesn't want to be on the back of the bench again. He doesn't want to go back to being the junior senator from Rhode Island with no power. And more, what's also worse, I'm being told, is they just don't want to field all the phone calls. uh, That right after President Trump took office, Senator Reid and Senator Whitehouse, every week, I think it was every Tuesday, all these activists would pile into their congressional offices locally, and all these complaints and their wish list, and we demand this, and we demand that, and you have to stop this, and you have to stop that, and they just don't want to put up with it. And so the Langevin people, all the back and forth. Plus, you go, you have no good committee assignments, you don't have any power, you have to still have to go back and forth. But worse, con- and um, seemingly increasingly, you have to deal with all these progressive activists that are demanding you know non-negotiable demands block this block that take action on this take action against that and and I, in, in some way who i don't blame them they don't want to deal with it but what you have to understand is this also opens up more press already all weekend the local media was focused on this congressional district race too which by the way north smithfield state senator jessica de la cruz now she doesn't live in the district we'll see if she is going to move into the district. But um, she can't vote for herself if she runs, but she has already announced she is going to run. So she's a Republican candidate. Bob Lancia is already announcing. There's other people that are looking at it. No reason to announce today, but sooner rather than later, because it becomes a short window. You have to have all your paperwork in by June. This is also federal, by the way. It's different than just running for statewide office. And then that's a September primary. So it's not a a 90-day window, but it's a shorter window um and so you're going to hear a lot about that that i i think that actually helps rhode island governor dan mckee because the less focus on the race for governor i think in some ways it actually helps him as the incumbent even though i still believe this is all going to come down to ground game because they do all this collecting of ballots so that is obviously so the congressional race anyone else the media hasn't covered one in quite some time and i don't care what anyone says they're just different races than a statewide race a race for congress a competitive race for congress far different because you're talking about national issues you're talking about international issues um it's just a completely different feel than when someone's going to be joining the rhode island delegation in washington and then going off to washington now the democrat party they met over the weekend they are trying to select their candidate who they want to replace jim langevin talk about the boy there's the party of the people whatever happened to it's open to anyone and anyone could run now they're going to select who they want to be that that person who would then still have to go through a primary but where they're really nervous is if a republican takes that seat congressional district two, the langevin seat and a republican could take that seat if it was the right person what they're nervous about is that person then could be in line to potentially run a very viable uh be a viable candidate to be senate rhode island democrat party the democrat party in general right now they love rhode island has two democrats in congress and two democrat senators and you need a foothold you need a way in you need a crack in the in the line A, a republican taking that seat could lead the way to boost the republican party in that district could lead the way to that person potentially running for Senate and then another Republican taking that seat. And then, you know, when it should be, Rhode Island should have one Democrat in Washington and one Republican representing Rhode Island in Washington, Massachusetts should, every state should, uh, you don't get proper representation. They were very, the party's very concerned about that. And so over the weekend, the party bosses got together. You're going to hear all these different names floating around. I just want to remind people, none of this means anything until june when they file all the proper paperwork and i've get all their signatures in and everything else and then it's also going about the business of, of raising money so right now on the republican side it's representative bob lancia former rep who ran uh 2020 against langevin we had him on the program and then now state senator jessica de la cruz has announced she also would uh is going to run for that seat even though she doesn't live in the district i'll say this i know people say well technically you don't have to live in the district i think that's true um and as a matter of fact it is true i've just never seen anyone do it in rhode island and so that person would have to say you know they can't even vote for themselves and i i just i i know it seems very parochial but you know saint germain lived in the district ron makely lived in the district patrick kennedy lived in the district langevin lives in his district Cicilline lives in his district so i i claudine schneider eddie beard Lived in district, lived in district. Senator Jack Reed, when he was Congressman Reed, lived in the district. So someone could say, well, I'm going to be the first one. But thats uh, I think that's easier said than done. But so politics, um, also this is going to be less focus on the race for the mayor of Providence, which is an important election. So those, my point is, those that don't have strong name recognition are going to find it harder to get attention. Uh, you also have the down ballot races, right? Attorney General, Secretary of State. Lieutenant Governor. All those races become tougher for uh lesser known opponents to gain traction because so much focus. This also this helps Cicilline because there's less focus on his race. Um this a congressional race takes up a lot and it's an unknown and it potentially could be a Republican, and that is very attractive to the media. You're listening a lot ahead on the John DePetro show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252 3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401 885 4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances, locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus heating and cooling in Massachusetts. Call the Rehoboth office 508-252-3359, and in, Rh- in Rhode Island 401. 401- 885-4209 you can depend on propane plus folks you're listening to the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining me he's the managing editor anchor It is justin katz and justin let's start off with a wild turn of events congressman jim langevin uh, a lot of different facets to that. I also um, he, he he announced the day that Governor McKee was giving his state of the state, which is kind of a full power right You kind of allow the governor to dominate the news cycle. But Lynchman, I'll give him that; he did keep it a secret. It has set off a lot of scrambling. There's different elements to this. Lynchman announcing he's not going to seek an, another term in in office, and uh, and and let's start off just your your basic thoughts on him announcing that he won't be seeking it and you know just how everything broke out after that i'm curious to hear some of your thoughts about that
1: well the i mean the initial thought about the whole thing is you're seeing nationally you're seeing a lot of democrats kind of retiring uh, right. from congress uh, i think there are all expecting kind of a bad year. They're expecting to be in a minority after the election. Uh, and they're probably right about that. So it, if they're, if anybody's thinking of getting out, it's probably a pretty good time because it's just going to be good you know, a lot of opposition. So I think that's, that's a big part of it. Uh, and also the other perennial question on the con- congressional races in Rhode Island is one of these, uh, one of these times, one of these censuses, we're going to lose that seat because we're not growing and other states are. So we're going to, at, at some point, uh, uh, the congressman Langevin's seat is going to have to face off against David Cicilline. Um, the, we narrowly missed that last time around, perhaps with the, with by counting illegal immigrants and some other maneuvers on behalf that's of right. the, the, the Biden administration. So that's always in the wings there. Uh, So I think that's another factor probably encouraging Langevin to make some moves out of there. What's, What's more, I guess, just bothersome to me is this feeling we had all weekend after the announcement that Everybody, I'm I'm giving it serious thought, and where you know it's almost like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, even yeah. if you're running for governor, maybe you should jump out of that and grab this this opportunity. And what that reminds me of, you know, if you, if you folks remember their civics, the house of representatives is a two-year term and that's on purpose to make it very representative it's supposed right. to be if the mood of the people changes so yeah. does the representative and it's not like right. that anymore it's just a permanent seat you have the rest of your life unless probably you're a republican uh, but and you you saw from chafee you know and if you're in congress you can even hand it off to your children you know it's it's so it's become such a a permanent thing that people are talking about limiting terms and that's that reaction kind of just is disappointing because it shouldn't feel that way it should feel like I'm not quite ready this time so maybe next time I'll run for it but those were my my broad stroke reactions to the announcement
0: I had a um, conversation with someone and said you know what a lot of people would need to understand and and what you just said is exactly right Justin Katz and on top of that he he said you can't underscore the fact that the when you're not the party in power especially that, you know, if you're Jim Langevin, you're seeing the Republicans are going to take the House. Um, Once the novelty wears off and it's all the back and forth, the next two years are going to be your office is inundated with progressives and this and that, and you need to stop them and you need to do that. So you're doing a lot of reactionary to all these people complaining that, you know, the Republicans are doing this and therefore you need to do that. And you, you don't have any Good committee assignments. And so the way it was explained to me was you just start to be like, what What am I doing this for? Like, this is crazy. Um, again, it's different if, you know, Pelosi's in power, so they have power. But otherwise, the fact the Republicans are going to take over and uh, and then. In in 2017, there was this group, I forget the name of it, it was something pink, but so every, once a week they used to go to, you know, then you have to deal with like these activists coming to your office once a week, and they're making demands, and here's what we want you to do, and you have to block this, and you have to block that, and again, it's one of those things you just step back and shake your head and say, is this really worth it? Now, let's talk about, I think this is really interesting developments that we've learned over the weekend, and that is... Uh, you know, Justin, we've been hearing about how the Republicans undermine democracy. Um, Cicilline likes to say that about Trump and so forth and all these litmus tests. Do you believe he b- lost the election? Da, da, da. So we learned that over the weekend, party Democrat party leaders got together and they're basically trying to decide who the candidate is going to be, um, you know, and then to the point where Seth Magaziner, I believe, was leaning that way. General Treasury run up for governor. Then he as they say, hit the brakes on it. Helena Folks, who's running for governor, who lives in New again, she lives in the district magazine doesn't even live in CD2. And what, if, what does that mean? He can't even vote for himself. And then they were trying to get Nellie Gorbea, who lives in North Kingstown, Secretary of State, it. W- what does it tell you that for all this talk about we need this and we need that, it really came down to seemingly over the weekend the party bosses, leaders of the Democrat Party, trying to say to Seth Magaziner, General Treasurer, and this Helena folks, one of you need to decide to run for Congress.
1: Yeah. Well, the the governor's race <laughs> does have a lot of a lot of over, overlapping interests, you know. So it's it's not going to be an easy one for the establishment Democrats to pick. Uh, you know, they've got they've got different Magaziner's family relations. You've got Gorebea's identity politics. Yeah, uh, Keys the incumbent. Uh, so I'm sure the they're all trying to smooth things out behind the scenes. And that's, you know, that's kind of their job in that regard. Um, I think there probably were, I was a little surprised that Shikarchi didn't go for it. Although, you know, House Speaker in its way is probably a more powerful position than congressman from Rhode Island, especially in the minority.
0: Um, Exactly. Because he would become the junior to David Cicilline. And like, what's, what, where's the attraction in that? But go It's
1: a step down unless you've got national, uh, you want to start getting on a national talk shows or something, which I haven't gotten a sense. He's a big camera yeah. hog, Archie. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I think a lot of the obvious people didn't want to do it and all of, and it kind of indicates that none of them really expected landrevin to do this. As you said, he kept it a secret. Uh, yeah. they, nobody holding cards back they all jumped into the governor's race it seems like uh so there i think that's that's what we're seeing there and it's it's there's actually some interesting argument to be had that part of the function of parties is to you know, behind the scenes kind of smooth these things out give the voters a representative candidate for each office uh it doesn't function properly especially in rhode island but you know that's what you would would kind of expect uh what's interesting is that they're having to pull from other
0: races I think, um, what did you think also that the media, do you think it was a little bit of overkill of them reporting various people basically just saying, I'm not going to be running. And I don't, I don't mean the house speaker, but you know, Brendan Doherty, he, he ran against Cicilline in 2012. I've I've known him a long time, former head of the state police. I think he now, he did move into the district. He lives in, he used to live in Cumberland. Now he lives in uh, Darragansett, I believe, but he, um, You know, he did switch over, become a Democrat, I think, trying to get an appointed position from Governor Raimondo. But he he left head of the state police because he refused. You know, Chafee, it was really his position on immigration. And when you think where the Democrat Party has gone the last four years with Black Lives Matter and anti-police. And um, I just think, you know, I, I, I was kind of curious to see him on stage. Talking former law enforcement and and talking about we need to enforce our immigration laws in a Democrat primary. I don't think I don't think his beliefs are allowed anymore in a a Democrat party. So but what do you think, Justin, how they're basically reporting anyone that wants to get some their name in the paper, free press or online? All you have to say is you're you're looking at it.
1: Yeah, even so the reporters uh, talking about how. Providence Republican stalwart Dave Talon had issued a press release that he's not <laughs> seeking it you know it was almost like it's almost like a very good parody you know he's he saying nobody asked me but this is what I think um, so I yeah it's, I think it's a, a behind the scenes picture of how how the media works like, here's big story all right, everybody around the table, who are we going to ask? Who is there? You know, and it's, everything is a, is a, uh, an opportunity to, I'm the, I got the scoop that this particular person, uh, it does kind of show you too, how, um, how limited our political environment is right now. You know, that there's there, you actually can go down the list and start calling people. Are you running? Are you running? Are you running? I thought Doherty would, Doherty would, would be an interesting, uh, play there. And I think there is a path for him. Um, in between. the Democrat primary, well, if he can squeeze through the primary, but I, you know, yeah. I, I, I wonder if a lot of the, you know, a lot of the moderate Democrats have to be getting uncomfortable with the progressive wave, um, and so there's got to be, you know, I, I, think he could piece that together in the primary.
0: Um, wow! Once he got so you, to the Republican. let's just play this out. You're saying you picture him on stage next to a Sam Bell, or Tierra Mac, or someone like that. See, I, Justin, I think his when he switched to become a Democrat, I, I think in the last, since 16, the Democrat party has really shifted left. And, and I just think, you know, he would be booed every time in debate. beat. And, um, and again, I, he, he's again, maybe, maybe he's a moderate like that, but I, I just, I think the party is going farther and farther progressive left. <clears throat> I think, um, maybe he should have stayed in the Republican party, but, <laughs> but be that as it may also, um, Do you think what do you think this does to the governor's race? Because do you think this helps Governor McKee? This is it did come out of nowhere. It is a congressional seat. Uh, The the media, I think, is curious about this because they haven't been able to cover a race like this. The last one was, you know, Cicilline, the open seat when Patrick Kennedy left in 2010. There was virtually no discussion about the race for governor over the weekend, other than whether or not three potential people uh, running for governor that are Democrats if they may switch and jump into this. Do you think Do you think this helps Governor McKee because the less focus on the governor's race, the more it's tougher for some of the people running against him to get attention?
1: I, I think it does, and that for, for two broad reasons. I mean, first, the first reason whenever people thought some of the, his competition might switch over, that would have been obviously a big help to him. But even without that, as you say, the, the attention drawn from that race, from the governor's race, it certainly would help the incumbent. But I think also, p- perhaps in part of the reason I, th- I think uh, Doherty would have a shot in a primary, I think a lot of the attitude is going to be, and I think you tweeted on uh, that, the insiders of, of the Democrat Party are worried about keeping the seat for Democrats. But I think that's going to be kind of the feel of the national, uh, the national races. Uh, maybe it's not such a big issue in Rhode Island, but that's going to be the color of it from all of MSNBC, CNN, Fox, all that is democrats are going to take a big hit in, in congress and so they we just need to keep this seat so i think that'll that'll increase the amount that people in rhode island are, are democrats in rhode island are feeling that you know we just we we have to be more moderate we have to for this selection we've already seen it somewhat with rogerio the senate president state senate president um, backing up on backtracking somewhat on, on taxing the rich uh, they're, they're starting to understand they've got to moderate. a bit and so i think um i I think that'll affect the governor's race as well as the congressional race whether it's enough for mckee i don't know he's he's doing pretty poorly as a as a governor but um i I think it's if if it does anything to his race it certainly helps
0: folks quick break a lot more we're going to talk about the republican side justin katz politics this week right here on the john dipetro show make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 henry oil serving most rhode island and southeastern mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, let's talk about the Republican side again, staying with CD2, Congressional District 2, of Jim Langevin announcing he's leaving. Now, I know that something that Democrats are very nervous about is if a Republican can get that seat. And if anyone that's been paying attention, it is certainly there's a lot of positives to it. You don't have uh, the east side of Providence, you don't have Pawtucket, you don't have Central Falls. In 2016, President Trump got 46% of the vote in uh, CD2. In, in 2020, he got 43% of the vote. So that's much stronger, especially in that 16. Um, but Bob Lancia was the announced candidate. He ran against Langevin uh, last time. He got uh, 41% of the vote in, um, I believe it was 41% of the vote in, in 2020. What what do you make of uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, who does not live in the district, North Smithfield? She's announced she's in, and uh, Alan Fung is someone else that is mentioned that's looking at it. Even though he was looking at uh, State Treasurer, what do you think of those three individuals with um, with the congressional district to race?
1: Well, I, I, to start with, Lancey, I think he he did a respectable job um, for Republican in Rhode Island, although you know trailing potentially arguably you know what he should have done in that district um he you know he's he's a decent candidate he he does a lot of good inroads with with minority groups um but he's not really well known and he's not i I don't see him really catching fire Fung, i i think he's this is a better fit for him than certainly governor and 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 probably treasurer as well i mean it's he's he was you know as a Republican figure, you know, a stalwart Republican, there shouldn't be any real complaints that he didn't support the party and that kind of thing. Um, my concerns with him have been his his wife's such a radical that I to have them both in state politics would be is bothers me. Uh, but if national politics would be different, um, and he could be, you know, running in Rhode Island, that would give him an excuse to be kind of a moderate Republican. Um, that's some, certainly something he could bring to the campaign trail saying, you know, I, I have to, to to ease the minds of Democrats. Um, the, the most, I think maybe the most interesting though is De La Cruz, Jessica De La Cruz. I mean, she, she's not a huge, doesn't have a huge profile. She's still relatively new to Rhode Island politics. Um, but the, when I look nationally, I see there, there is a, a sort of slot that gets filled uh periodically by attractive women she's actually she's a minority as well on the republican side who seem to come out of nowhere in a grassroots kind of way uh and so that i think would be it'd be interesting to see if she could she could pull that off to compare with with other republican women who have gone to congress and that would make it an interesting race i think and certainly raise her profile
0: yeah i don't know fully her views but i think you're right she is young she's 40 years old um, she did announce that over the weekend, she's already got commitments for, I think it was 100000 or more. The reason why that's significant inside baseball is it's my understanding that Bob Lianci has raised, he's been running for a year, but he's raised uh, $85,000. So it's my understanding they're making a statement out of the box that she's already raised in a weekend more than he has. We don't, she's only, she's brand new. You're right. Uh, unknown northern part of the state. I think she did tweet out that she's house hunting over the weekend. If she moved to uh, Boroughville or Gloucester, that would be in the district. I, I've never seen anyone in Rhode Island run and win who did not live in the district. So I know people say technically you can, but I, I always go with if, if you, know, you play the odds that you're going to be the first one to do it, that's not good. <clears throat> I want to be very clear. I, I think... Uh, despite you know and she's a fresh face i think the media justin would seem to you know treat her a little differently because she's a younger female they may not hit her as hard as they may hit someone like a Cranston mayor alan fung if you if people just look at the numbers um the 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 biggest area to win in cd2 is actually warwick and fun by being side by side he he barely lost warwick to In 2018, is no small feat. Pro, it's part of Providence, but it's not the east side of Providence. So this is some Providence element, but not a huge part of Providence. So you don't get wiped out the way you do statewide. But Fung won Cranston again. Let's go again. Ramundo He Lancia did not win one city or town when he ran in uh, 2020 against Jim Lantern. So, but Fung won Cranston, won West Warwick, which is also in the district. He won Coventry. That is in the district. He won uh, one of the southern, smaller towns. He won Johnston that is in the district. I think I started to figure out last night that basically Fung has won something like 60% of of that district. And and he came a close second in, in both Warwick and North Kingstown. So I think the map favors Alan Fung um we'll, we'll see how it would be in a primary justin i think this is a better race for him and it's almost like a completely different reset <clears throat> he has made inroads with the the national party in the past like chris christie came in from what i'm told the national party is a cheap seat to them and if you can raise money they'll put money in and the Fung people have proven in the past he did raise 1 million when he ran for governor um I think one of the things is that I notice is some of the even the progressive reporters, they're kinder to females that are Republican. They would they're kinder to Susie Yankee. They may be if the head of party was a male. They don't seem to hit them as hard. Well, other than Patricia Morgan, who also <laughs> whose name is being tossed around um, just out of the box. And, and you're right. He, he is more of a moderate. But if you're Cranston Mayor Alan Fung and, and you can run competitive in Providence, you you could win Cranston. I think he could potentially could win Warwick. He won Johnston in 2018. You um he could potentially win North Kingstown. I I and then he won Coventry and West Warwick. I think Cranston former Cranston Mayor Alan uh, Alan Fung, Justin, who left very, very popular. He left with a 65 70% approval rating i i think he would be very tough to beat i also learned um that cd2 is the most uh per capita italian district in the entire country because of johnston and and cranston and and the reason is someone floated out to me that john igliosi of providence city council he does live in the district apparently silver lake is in the district that he would look at it but can we both agree? I, I, I think, you know, I don't know Senator Jessica Dela Cruz that well. I know the media loves the idea of a fresh face, let alone a female. Uh, someone texted me last night. She could be our Marjorie Taylor green. I'm not convinced that's the Monica that she wants, but, right. uh, but could we agree just on paper that I, I think Francis mayor Alan Fung, that this is familiar territory for, I, I think Justin, he'd be tough to beat.
1: Oh, no, I, I, I certainly think he'd, he'd be his, his race to lose, as they say. Um, for the reasons you you mentioned, uh, the the question is, does he want it? But I I do think the the emergence of Jessica De La Cruz would, would be, I, you know, I don't know. I sometimes conservative women get it harder. Uh, you know, it's just hmm. as long as if they, as we've seen with Patricia Morgan, so I, you know, I don't know. It might be the the media is a little bit friendly until till she says or does something where they they just Good snap point. and go the other direction. Sure. Uh, but I think I either way, I think it'd be a, a healthy primary to have, although. I, it would be a shame to lose her in a general assembly. Uh, but the, but, but I think people should think about that. What, what you'd be looking at uh, in a the primary on a Republican side would be uh, an Oriental man and a Hispanic woman running for the Republican ticket. You know, at some point, that's that's another factor in all this. So at some point, that narrative about uh, the Republican as party for the party uh, for rich white people has to go away when, when that's Good what point. you're
0: looking at. Very strong point. Um, and finally, before we take a break, what do you make of Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott floating after reporters that she might consider a run, even though I'm not convinced she lives in the district, but, but just um, – I have my own thought about that, but I mean, what do, you, what do you think of her even floating out that she may run for Congress?
1: <laughs> you, you know i i don't know I, I i saw your commentary on that and i, th- and I think you know i agree I, I i don't see it i don't know that i don't know that Rhode islanders are as enthralled with her as the local media Whoa. uh but Hi. i but i so i kind of wonder if uh if it was part of the media frenzy all the reporters were hey she's she's jobless maybe she'll run and calling her up or emailing her and so she finally finally just put out a yeah i'm looking at it yeah you know i i don't
0: know i i don't
1: think i don't think she'd have a, a great shot
0: running for I it, agree. but who knows i and i stand by she she is a distorted i the world she lives in you know with her board of health and in providence she's very well known but you get outside of there you have parents as i said parents you know furious with the masking just because she's on television i know some of the media people call her a rock star and this other stuff and the conscience of rhode island i i would like to see her come out to cd2 and start to campaign and watch the business people. Uh, she should pull herself. There's a big difference between being recognized and being someone that people would like and support. I also think it goes to that there's definitely something there with some bad blood that she definitely feels like miffed, that she was basically, it sounds like more and more forced out by Governor McKee because she's willing to throw out that, that's right, I may be replacing Fauci and, and now I may run for Congress. Um, it's very typical of someone that feels they've been wronged. And then they want to just float it out there that, um, you know, yeah, maybe I will look at Congress. Um, I, I don't particularly find her a good speaker. Um, and it also she's about to find as much as the Democrat Party and, you know, they they all. Oh, she's so fantastic and everything else. I didn't hear her part of the conversation. over the weekend, trying to depict their candidate. Um, no, that that went to uh, Helena folks in Seth magazine or Delhi Gorbea again i go back to you know the democrat party that I, they you know we're the party of the people and anyone should be able to run and they, there's a glowing story about this guy who's a refugee but then when it comes down to it it's it still look they meet behind closed doors it's seth magazina white male mostly his family money helena folks white female very wealthy and then nelly gobea who quickly shrugged them off um although she um you know seemingly self-made but wants to run for governor. For quick, quick quick break, a lot more Justin Katz politics this week on the Jennifer Tro show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle, folks, it can happen. Whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone. Call West Fountain Autobody 401 272 3340. They are located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Autobody, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Autobody today 401 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today, get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor at Justin, let's talk about Governor McKee and the state of the state. Um, because I, I didn't want to, you know, not mention that I thought it was a tremendous contrast between. Uh, I was glad the television stations carried Blake Filippi, minority leader, with the Republican response. By the way, I heard the McKee people were limited television for doing that. They haven't always carried it. They did this year. park. I did not see a speech that i didn't feel any of it talked to me it didn't talk to a lot of people i know a lot of pandering people need to realize every time they talk about buildings for schools or uri or rhode island college those are state buildings those are no bid union contract buildings i heard a lot of gifts to labor i heard you know a lot of gifts just thrown towards uh, trying to attract latino voters with kids in health care um it, 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 what do you think of the, the governor's state of the state?
1: I thought it was, you know, sun, stunningly bad. And not, yes. I mean, not only his delivery, his delivery was terrible. He looked shifty looking from teleprompter to teleprompter. He looked uncomfortable. He looked almost like somebody who has to read something into the record and doesn't want to be there. You know, he was right. it, like bored and, Good and uncomfortable. Bullet. And so yeah. his delivery was terrible. There was no not convincing face never moved. He had the awkward and Chafee hand gestures and then but even on paper it was terrible i mean really he ought to fire his 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 speech because speech i oh, mean great. the whole the whole thing oh. i mean it, it had there was no hope first of all the whole thing is yeah we're all frustrated let's just you know let's just try to get through this covid thing i'm frustrated too there's no vision to it there's no the language he used was all it was like ad copy what was it one of them was or, did you know that home ownership is one of the most important ways to build generational wealth? Like what is this an Ooh. advertisement for for a Ooh. loan? I, I don't understand. And it, the other parts of it were it felt like you were hearing from your accountant and the jargon. I wrote this quote down. My administration has worked hard to plan accordingly on your behalf. What? this isn't leadership stuff. This is just so I didn't even get to the content, which I figured was just typical pandering, and here's how we're going to spend money on your behalf uh, to to help but I, there's there's just no vision no nothing it was it was really such a i don't know such a letdown i'd be surprised if enough of the people who was
0: pandering to made it through the whole speech to catch the pandering i think also uh justin katz and um mike stenhouse center for freedom and prosperity i i want to give them credit he he pointed out it's at this point i think of the democrat party with the platform um their idea of They'll never say they're cutting taxes. The most they'll say is they're just not going to raise taxes. But anyone that runs a business, Justin, with, you know, Governor McKee, to me, he's just he's not equipped. Uh, this is such a a shame that, you know, is one billion dollars that he gets to decide where it goes. Now, Granted, you know, you've got to have Sakachi, the speaker and Ruggiero on board. But, you know, this could be an ideal situation where someone could say, we need to make this a more business-friendly climate. We're going to wipe out business people tell you there's all these fees. Uh, he could lower the, the the tax rate. He could lower the sales tax. There's, I, I didn't see anything that's, you know, if anything, he did a little nickel and dime nibbling at the edges. But I, I, I come back to that. They still just don't. I, I think they just don't even get it. They don't know how to be business-friendly or what would be it take to be business friendly i think there's a drunk driving epidemic they don't there's nothing to attack that there's there's nothing for families there's there's nothing in that speech for people that work pay taxes try to send their children to a good school there's uh there was no quality of life type of stuff um all this climate change stuff he wants to put in and you know this business of they're going to give out these um down payment loans for people anyone that pays attention that's that's just going to be a piggy bank for children of the politically connected that they're gonna the state will now give you your down payment for your first home um I, I, it, it's just so disappointing because i i think that the, you know this is a real opportunity here with the amount of money they have but it's it's just gonna help more of the the politically connected and and to me it's just it's just more pandering
1: Right, and as I'm saying, you, you can tell that in the in the language and the way he presents things. When he, I mean, not only is there nothing substantive in there for the for people he doesn't you know he tries to describe when you're sitting around your kitchen table i mean it's you just that's like the biggest cliche of how people live their lives there's that's no right. you you can't read or watch this speech and see your family in it it's, you're just not there and uh, <laughs> the nickel and dimings some some parts you almost laugh out loud it's like you're it's lucky you're not drinking any coffee milk during a speech or something because i mean it's, it was part of, he, he actually cited mcnamara's calamari comeback thing i oh. mean that's that's how bad it was he cited alcohol to go as an initiative in a state of the state maybe it's a good idea maybe it's not i think it is but whatever it's not like a game changing policy it's just the and most people are like oh okay whatever that has no relevance to my life Uh, and most businesses lives either so it's just yeah just all around terrible i think that's the big thing is just this there is this huge disconnect they do not think of people of the state so they don't know how to talk to them they don't know what policies they want because i think they're afraid that if they actually look into it they'll find out they have to undo all the special interest garbage they've shoved into the into the law over the last half a century Uh, and if they actually wanted to help people they suspect that's what they'd have to do and they just won't go there so it gets to the point where they can't even the governor can't even deliver an inspiring speech
0: and um and and also just whenever i whenever people need to understand whenever you hear I, I can't put 400 million in buildings. I mean, for Rhode Island College and URI and these school buildings, think what a limited number of people that impacts. Um, again, this could have been if you if you take off, if you lower the sales tax to get more in line because we're a point higher than Connecticut and Massachusetts, that helps everybody again across the board. If you put in a tax cut, the beauty of that is you're helping everyone that pays taxes. This is such targeted political moves with the money. And, and I agree with you. Um, and, and I don't understand, you know, Dr. Scott, if, if she really was a rebel and upset, then I don't know why she was at the speech and then even, you know, took the bait when he asked her to stand up and get a standing ovation. I want to go through, um, just get your thoughts on a couple topics. It's going to get folks. It's politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com. I can't stress enough, Justin, this CD2 shakeup. Uh, those two primaries are going to get a lot of attention. That also takes not only some of the media attention off the governor's race, it also takes the media attention off, obviously, the race for mayor of Providence and then some of these down ballot races. Um, right now, what what do you make of the fact that the Republican Party still does not have a candidate for governor and for secretary of state?
1: Well, I think it's just an indication of how thin their bench is. I, I mean, yeah. and and as we've discussed before, who who would want these seats as a Republican? You know, you're you're always uphill. There's no base behind you. Uh, it, it's just you're you're always going to be the excuse maker for the uh, for the the left and the local media. I mean, imagine imagine the, we, we've talked about the how the alexander scott you know is getting no blame for covid you know poor management of hospitals none of that but imagine part of the problem is the media has no republicans to attack for anything and i yeah. think <clears throat> that's one of the things you'd be looking at if you were a republican candidate running for something is why would i want to be the scapegoat for a state that i'm trying to fix sure. uh, so it doesn't surprise me and it doesn't actually it doesn't i mean it uh, I I try to be a little out of the box on these things. It doesn't bother me too much. Uh, I think there's a lot of work Republicans could be doing and need to be doing. And it doesn't necessarily getting caught up in, in high profile races. You can't win doesn't necessarily help that um i mean if you contrast it, you mentioned how blake philippi the minority leader did a great job with his speech his his contrast with with mckee was huge i mean he's animated his face was moving he was speaking to the camera instead of left right teleprompters Uh, and so that was a huge contrast i think it it really started to open up an image of what republic the message republicans could bring and i don't think they necessarily need a governor in the race to to be you know say to pointing out one of the great lines and there was that uh, the government's sticking its nose where it doesn't belong while it's not doing its its core functions uh its core functions are neglected I, I think that's a message republicans can bring running for legislative seats and seats down the line that people actually want where they feel they can actually make a difference and i i think that's where we are right now they just they've got to start from the bottom and rebuild up a whole movement
0: definitely philippi that was the best republican response i've ever seen and the only thing that was missing Was Can you imagine the dramatics of afterwards he pointed at the camera and said, that's why I want to be your next governor? I mean, (laughs) it would have been a tremendous platform. There were people lighting up on Facebook. Who is this guy? And, you know, can I vote for him for governor? It was that type of reaction. That tells me there is an audience for it and they're hungry for it, but it's just not there. I also I, I have to acknowledge, you know, the Republican Party, people have mentioned Jessica de la Cruz for secretary of state. And they were told, nope, she's not ready. She's staying in the Senate. Suddenly there's a congressional seat open, boom, she's already into the race. That tells me they don't fully have a pulse on other people. But I want to go down um, the list. Nellie Gobe is really jabbing at Governor McKee. uh, If you notice, Kathy Gregg picked up on the fact she calls him the uh, appointed governor for the time. Um, what, what do you what do you make of that with uh, Gorbea? I, I kind of like it. It actually makes me walk up to her. I like anyone this early out that's already taken jabs at him.
1: Yeah, I think well, it's, it's entertaining. I, I don't yeah. know that it, I, and I, but I'm not sure what, what narrative it presents about her. I'm, and if, if for people who don't know her, if the first thing you know is that she's kind of casting shade at the governor, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how that plays. I, so I, I guess I, I'm still waiting for her to, to articulate her unique qualification and reason for being the governor yeah. I, I just i haven't really seen that and and sniping at mckee doesn't quite do it for me especially because he's so feckless i mean he's just yeah. he's doing such a poor job there's so much ground to cover why you would do this better or that better what your vision is i think and the fact that she's not there suggests to me she doesn't have that vision
0: you're right now also uh what do you make of the fact justin katz said? What do you think of the Helena folks campaign at this point? She's already under a second campaign person. Uh, she somehow has locked into that. It's not easy to vote in Rhode Island. No one thinks that way. But she did an interview last week and I, I did something unusual. I normally don't do, but I actually, you know, and again, I gave them credit, but I took the, the audio and put it out there. Jean Valicente had to explain to her what ballot harvesting is. And I just wonder, you know, she announced in October and I don't know who her advisors are, but if you're going to send someone out to talk about voting, we need to redo voting. You would think it'd be a crash course A to Z. Um, I, I am uh, surprised that they're not, she lives in Narragansett. She lives in the district. I, I'm surprised she's not taking a harder look at CD two because she she has let's face she has got no momentum or she hasn't got anything traction going in the race for governor.
1: All right. Well, I think that's a kind of an indication she. she... The job of governor is attractive to her as a former executive, as an executive. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. Congress is a different thing. She probably correctly sees it as political and going on talk shows sure. and doesn't really interest her. What she makes me think of is years and years ago when I was first starting to get, pay attention, I went to a Republican event where there was a, a national, an unknown national candidate, just a rich guy who wanted to run for president. And there was a guy, his campaign manager, I talked to him during an intermission was, was, that was his, his gig was he went around and he found these rich people uh, and advise them on how to run for president or high profile offices. It was all a joke, but he made money and the other guy had some fun. It's almost what it feels like, you know, like he, she just hired somebody. Hey, this will be fun. Why don't I run for, for governor? And because it is, I mean, as we've discussed them, why voting? What is that? What is, not only is that not the hot topic of your voters really, but it's not, to your strengths, obviously. It's not even accurate. What, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not, obviously not something that she's strong in or she she could make a unique case for herself. Uh, and she's not doing the work to prove that she could if she's just oh. identified that. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's hard to say. I, it just seems like a, almost like a Brewster's Millions kind of I'm doing this for fun or because I you know, just did for the experience kind of a thing. Let's see how far I can go with this. So I, I suspect it'll peter out almost into Mike Bloomberg way.
0: Yeah. Folks, again, he is the managing editor at Anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. This is going to be a lot of uh, politics this week, this (laughs) year, and this just added another level to it, and uh, we'll talk to you again.
1: Yep, lots to talk about. Thanks, John.